You've undoubtedly heard the phrase body snatchers, but how old do you think it is? There's a lot of history actually attached to it. In fact, a couple of hundred years ago, there was money involved in being a literal body snatcher to the point where it made murder profitable. It's a story that our next guest can tell us all about. Johnny Thompson is a philosopher and writer for Big Think. Thanks for being back with us. Oh, thanks, Sydney. Thanks for having me. Johnny, where do you find these stories? Oh, yeah, they're they're interesting, aren't they? They're great. Yes. I mean, this one is particularly kind of like uh, macabre. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a, the, it's a 19th century Britain, and this is the dawn of physiology when doctors from London to Edinburgh um, need corpses, really, because they're doing kind of these medical dissections. So, um, in Edinburgh, there's one physician called Robert Knox who's doing two dissections every day to these sellout crowds of students and and the public and yeah he's running out of of bodies um because scottish law at the time essentially said that you could only have bodies which came from either criminals suicides or orphans which obviously limited the number of bodies you could have so people turned to to grave robbing yeah they would um dig up corpses and they would sell them to the physicians who would then kind of dissect them with with no questions asked really and yeah you mentioned it was it was quite lucrative it really was so in in today's money we think that the bodies were worth between a thousand and uh, one thousand five hundred dollars and it would depend upon the time of year that you found the body so in the summer they'd be worth a bit less because um they would Right. Decompose in the hot in the hot weather. Yeah, I don't think we need all those details. I don't think we need to (laughs) picture any of that, Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. So it was was it because I mean the study of medicine obviously was relatively new in that way, right? Mm. Back then. Mm -hmm. Is that what made it so fascinating to people that they actually wanted to watch a dissection? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they they were learning so much more about kind of biology and science more broadly and stuff. So yeah, it it was definitely a lucrative kind of like um kind of uh, profession for a lot of people but the problem was that in it, it went in the story of Burke and Hare which is the story I wrote about was um, in mid 19th century uh, people were getting wise to these kind of grave robbing really and they were kind of like fighting back so they were putting guards on on graveyards and they were having kind of like locked up tombs and things and you could you could hire a, a multi-ton stone to be put on your on your grave until the the body um decomposed enough that it lost its value so um burke and Hare were these two irishmen who were, who were active in edinburgh at the time and they and they were trying to get around this really and so um i mean essentially they they were kind of petty criminals for most of their lives they were kind of the drunk and bolshy and antisocial but never really kind of like murderers and they kind of turned the murderers or turned body snatchers really when um one of burke's tenants a man called old old donald died from um alcohol overdose and he owed Burke uh, money in back rent. So Burke and his mate Hare, they got this plan that they, they were going to kind of shuffle his, his body along to Robert Knox, this physician, and they, were, and they would sell it. And, they, you know, in their mind, it was kind of fair play because this, this Donald owed them some rent. Right. So they're going to try and sell his body to make back the, but, but the rent. And, yeah, it, it, it worked. They, um, when the coffin was delivered by the local councilman, um, they kind of stuffed it full of, of kind of wood chips. They hid the body under the bed, and then they, they whisked it away to Robert Knox's assistant who... Yeah, he asked no questions. In fact, I think he said, uh, we'd be glad to see you again if you have another body to, oh, to dispose of. And, and and yeah, they did have a, a few bodies to dispose of after that. They went on a, on a big killing spree after that. So just um, how did they do it, though? Because obviously you have to be careful if they were selling these bodies. Yeah, you do have to be careful. I mean, so this is 19th century Britain and in Edinburgh. So um, unfortunately, they, they targeted what we'd probably call this, this kind of like an underclass of Victorian Britain. So they targeted mainly beggars and drunks and prostitutes and kind of like travelers who are passing through the city who were just basically unlucky enough to be 
boarding with either Burke or Hare. Um, they basically had the same kind of like operation each time. They would get their kind of victims kind of paralytically drunk with whiskey and they'd have this great night of dancing and fun until the victim basically passed out. And then when they were passed out, they, they would suffocate them because suffocation was the best way to kind of ensure that the body remained fresh for the for the dissectors and the, and the medical profession. But I mean, I mean this, this, so they sold, they, they sold all of their boxes to this guy called Robert Knox. And Robert Knox, he must have known what was going on. Well, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil the, the narrative too much, but he, he never was found guilty. He was never even arrested, actually. And yet the, the two criminals they were, were putting, they were, they were stuffing bodies into whiskey barrels and they were rolling them to Robert Knox. And they were delivering corpses which were literally warm and they were fresh. And um, Oh, my goodness. And at one time they brought... Yeah, I know. That's bought, kind of suspicious. One, Is that not kind of suspicious, though, Johnny? Well, you, you'd think so. You'd think he'd ask at least a few questions. If, yeah, one time yeah. They, they brought this victim called Mary Patterson, who was, yeah, as I say, warm. And not only did they not ask questions, but Knox's assistant, they, they pickled the corpse in the whiskey barrel for three months just to avoid any more suspicion. Um, and there's another time where they, they murdered a, a street performer, a guy called James Wilson, who had um, deformed feet and, and, and a scarred face. And there were some students in uh, Robert Knox's room who kind of recognized the body. So they quickly whisked it away. And, and, and so rather than kind of like maybe, you know, ask questions of Burke and Hare, they cut off the hands and the head so that no one would recognize the body again. I mean, Robert Knox knew, but he was, he was a rich kind of upper class right. uh, member of the scientific community. So, I mean, when it came to the end, they didn't really tend to, to kind of persecute, well, um, prosecute those kind of people. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Then how did it come to an end? How did they get, please tell me they got busted. Well, they did get busted. I mean, the reason why I think people like this Burke and Hare story is that they were just, the, the, the sheer audacity of it, they, they got more and more brazen with what they were doing. So at one point, there was a police constable, for example, walking home, a, a drunken lady home, and, and Burke went up to the constable and said, don't worry, don't worry, mate, I'll, I'll take this bo- take her home for you. And of course, he took her home and, and he killed her. Another time, there were Hare's wife's cousin, so so Hare's cousin-in-law was coming to stay, and and yeah, they killed her as well. So you know, it, they were getting worse and worse and worse, and and they went a bit too far in the end. So so they they had the one lodger called uh, Margaret Doherty who was staying, and they had some other lodgers there who were kind of getting in the way of the of the would-be murder. So they paid for these lodgers to go somewhere else, and then they killed Margaret Doherty. And then when these other two, these James and Anne Gray, came back, um, they saw essentially the feet under the bed. Um, you know, that Birkenhead hadn't even, hadn't even bothered to That's hide crazy. the corpse. I know. They, I mean, by this point, you. I mean, maybe, you know, the, the, the Freudian psychologist and you kind of think you, they maybe wanted to get caught because, you know, they're getting more and more kind of bold in what they were doing. So the Greys went to the police and the police went straight back to Birkenhead's um, lodgings and, and they arrested the two. But, you know, of course, then, then the police have this big problem that they're, they're trying to try these people, but all of the evidence, all of the all of the bodies are now in the biomedical waste department of, of Knox's um, kind right. of like laboratory. So what they did is that they went to Hare and they did what's called to turn the king's evidence, which is essentially where Hare becomes an informer. And they offered him and his wife immunity if, if he confessed to all the crimes, which yeah he did. And there was this trial of, of Burke and he was yeah, sentenced to be hanged on um, the 28th of January, well, 1829. 1829. Yeah. Wow. Johnny, was there public outrage at this? There was, yeah. I mean, the biggest outrage was that what Hare, Hare and his wife and Burke's wife were never actually found guilty at all, and so they, they, their mobs were formed and they chased them out of town, basically. And we, to this day, we don't know where where those people ended up. Really, some people think maybe went back to Ireland, some people maybe Australia. But um, so, I mean, the the the, the, the 
fun end to this really or the kind of the macabre end to this is that the uh, the judge at um, Burke's trial actually said to him that I think your body should be publicly dissected and anatomized what? kind of like it. <laughs> I know like we're going to make like a show out of it Scotland yeah. yeah well and that's exactly what happened so it wasn't um, Knox because Knox had now kind of basically been kind of like uh, he wasn't arrested but he was struck off the Royal College of Surgeons and he was banned from lecturing and, his, and he, was, he was basically notorious for what he did so the another surgeon at the time a man called Alexander Monroe who was this greatest surgeon in Edinburgh he yeah he was put in charge of dissecting Munro's hanged corpse and yeah as you say he put on quite a show there, there was like there were riots outside where people wanted to come to watch this this anatomization this dissection and yes yeah, so as as um Munro was dissecting the corpse he would dip his uh, his his quill in the blood of Monroe of, of this Burke is to, so to <laughs> this is so awful that that's what they were doing for entertainment to punish the people who'd been yeah I mean, in, in fairness to Munro, in fairness to the people, I mean, these two people had been murdering uh, the people of Scotland for about, you know, on, on a seven-month murder spree. But yeah, you're right. It's the, it is kind of like a, a bloodthirsty kind of yeah. spectacle, isn't it? But so actually, if any, any of your listeners are actually find themselves in Edinburgh, you can still see Burke's skeleton today in um, an Edinburgh Museum. <laughs> I know they, they kind of put it up for display, really, to kind of to prove to everyone this is what happens to... Uh, you know, murderers in Scotland, really. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's, okay. it's so an interesting tale, isn't it? Really? If you're visiting <laughs> Edinburgh, you can still go and see the the skeleton on display. Yeah, if, if dark tourism is your thing, you can go and, and see his kind of like, his, yeah, the skeleton of, of, of Burke, the, the body snatcher and, and murderer. Yeah. Boy, Johnny, you sure know how to pick them. Uh, thanks for this story. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> no, thanks for having me on. <laughs> That's Johnny Thompson, philosopher and writer for Big Think. And so I was intrigued by this, this idea that you could still go and see the skeleton and you can. Uh, it is at the University of Edinburgh. <laughs> absolutely crazy. And if you just look up Burke skeleton, yeah, there's all sorts of information about it after all this time, after the last couple of 100 years. 